Praise God. If you got your Bible this morning, I want to uh, get into uh, finishing, or not finishing, uh, but continuing our series on success. How many of you have enjoyed success the past few weeks? Man, I've enjoyed teaching it because I believe in every one of us is a desire to be successful. I don't think that most people, whenever they're growing up, they think, man, if I could just really be unsuccessful, that would be amazing. No, most people grow up dreaming. And sometimes along the way, you lose that dream. Don't you like being around kids? I think that's one reason why we always loved being in children's ministry. Because kids, you know, usually if they're in a decent environment, some kids just want a roof over their head and a plate in front of them. They don't want a whole lot. But they still have dreams. Even though they may not have anything, like if you've gone to Belize or Honduras or some different places, they don't have a whole lot, but man, they still have these dreams. So God puts within each one of us something that just says, I want to be successful. I don't want to be unsuccessful and I don't want to uh, uh, be miserable. I want to do well. And I'm thankful to God that he put that in there. That desire for you to be successful, he put that desire in there because he created you for that. But here's even better news. He shows us how to get there. I mean, I'm glad he didn't just say, do that. And you're just like, man, that looks daunting. How in the world can I accomplish that? But no, he tells you if you'll do this, if you'll do that, if you'll do this, if you'll make this adjustment here, if you'll cut this out of your life, if you'll watch out for this, if you'll do these things, he says, I guarantee you at the end of your life, you'll not just be satisfied with what you did on this planet, but it'll actually open up heaven for you and you'll enjoy heaven that much more. I believe some people are going to have a lot of classes to take in heaven. While I'm out on the river of God, salmon fishing, there's going to be some in class learning. Learning is learning. Uh, Raise your hands. This is weird. I know we tried to get you to do it down there, but you wouldn't do it. So now here's your chance. Like this, like this. Do the funnel. Right, right. Funnel it in. Fun- uh-huh. The touchdown. Get all those in there. That You got classes that you'll have to do up there. Not me. I'm going through my classes down here. Amen. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. So he gives us instruction, assignments, and things. He'll tell you how to get there. And success, we've looked at just a quick recap. We said uh, uh, that wisdom brings success. Wisdom just means, God, I don't know how to do it by myself. I need your help. He says, if you'll have that attitude, I'll give it to you. If any man asks for wisdom, I'll give it to you. And then we saw Jesus said, Jesus says, if you want to be successful, he says, there's three areas I'm really watching. He says, if you want to be a ruler of many things, be faithful with the little things. In other words, he says, said, don't just be faithful on Sunday when everybody's looking. Be faithful Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Don't be just faithful with the big things. He says, if you'll be faithful with the little things, I'll make you a success over big things. He he says, if you'll be faithful with money, then I can trust you with things that money can't buy. A lot of things money can't buy. And he says, last, he says, if you'll be faithful with another man's. If you'll treat other people the way you want to be treated, he says, I'll give you your own. Real simple. 
I'm glad he just gives us some real simple instructions. You want a whole bunch of stuff? He says, be faithful with a little bit. Be faithful with man. Be faithful with, with, with your money. And I'll, uh, I'll increase the things that money can't buy. And then we just looked at, we spent a little time looking at hard work. How many of y'all like some sweat? Hard work. Sometimes you want to be successful, you just got to bow up and get it. How many of y'all know what that means? Some of you ladies may not know what that means. My daddy tell me, he said, bow up and get it. I'm nine. Bow up and get it. Real dads don't care, right? Care how old you are? Bow up and get it. Pull. Pull. Poor thing. Pull. You can do it. It weighs more than me. I know. That's strength. You're supposed to be able to lift more than your own body weight. Get it. Sometimes you just got to bow up and get it. And God says, he says, I'll bless the work of your hand. In other words, he says, if you aren't willing to work on it, then I can't bless it. He says, I'll bless the work of your hand. If you'll work hard on your marriage, I'll bless your work. You work hard on being a good parent, I'll bless that work. You work hard at your career, I'll bless that work. If you won't work on it, I can't bless it. So we looked at hard work, but last week we started looking at success through believing. And I challenged you uh, to find something to believe God for. Don't just wish for something. Don't just hope for something. but, But target something and say, I'm believing for that person for this to happen in their life. Or I'm believing specifically for this to happen in my life. I'm going from just being a wisher or a hoper that I want to be a believer because the believers in the Bible are the ones that had heaven open to them. So we're going to start in Mark chapter 9 this morning, verse 23. And this is in red letters. Jesus said to him, If you can, say it with me, believe. If you can believe, all things are possible to who? To them that believe. This is Jesus, red letters here. He says, if you can believe, I wrote it like this in my notes, all successes are possible to them that believe. If you can just be a believer, Jesus says, anything is possible. Now, that right there will make you do one of these. Like, right? If you just meditate on that. And, and, and sometimes people think, well, that just doesn't even make sense. And believe me, I know. But Jesus here, red letters, he says, if you can believe all things. What's all things mean? Just all of them. If you look in the Old Testament, you think about a parting a Red Sea. Pretty difficult. And yet God said that was possible. He rained down manna from heaven. How do you do that? I don't know, but he did it. He would send two million quail into the camp so that they would have food to eat. How's that work? I don't know. He told him, strike the rock and water comes out. Water don't come out of rocks, baby. They just don't. He says, march around Jericho seven times. The walls are so wide that they would race. People would live on top of the walls of Jericho. This is not like your wooden fence in the backyard. And God blew it down. Now, different kind of fence. And yet God said, march around it seven times. But he says, I want you to be completely quiet Every time you walk around it. Why? I'm convinced that if they, if they could talk while they walked around it, they would talk about how it wasn't possible. Yeah. This ain't never going to work. Dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. 
Been walking all day. It's hot out here. My feet hurt. I got blisters. I'm thirsty. And God said, listen, you got to walk around it, but you got to shut up the whole time. Because you'll literally undo what I'm trying to accomplish with your mouth and your negative thinking and your negative talking. And the whole atmosphere around Jericho will be a dark cloud instead of possibility. So he said, just shut up. And then on the last day, shout with a voice of triumph. They did, and the walls fell down. So all there on the Bible, you think in your own mind, you think, how is that even possible? And yet Jesus said, he says, if you can believe, anything's possible. How does the sun stand still? In the Old Testament, Joshua, he's trying to win this war. And he tells the Lord, he says, I'm running out of daylight. If you could just make the sun stand still. Oh, that's a good prayer request, Joshua. Let's all get together and do a prayer of agreement right now. We're going to ask the Lord to make the sun stand still. What a bold prayer request. Come on, we're asking God to help us pay our direct TV bill. Right? God, can you, if you could just see it, see it within your omnipotence, all-powerfulness, just to help me keep my direct TV on so I can watch the saints. And yet you got Joshua. He says, I'm winning here, and I feel like if I lose daylight, then we'll have to fight tomorrow. I don't feel like fighting tomorrow. So, God, if you could just make the sun stand still. Well, you can't make the sun stand still like that. So uh, th- the reason I say this is NASA, if you, if you search this out, it's really fascinating. NASA, for years and years, there was always, a day missing in the calendar and they couldn't figure out how is this day missing because in order for God to make the sun stand still he literally had to turn the the earth's axis backwards oh that's a whole nother subject the whole point of it is is anything is possible to the believer Jesus said anything's possible. So I want to give you just a real quick definition of the word belief. And if you look in Romans 10, 9, and 10, this is how you all got saved. Whether you knew this scripture, know that it's even in there. Uh, Romans 10, 9, and 10 says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, Him crucified, Him risen, you shall be saved. How many have ever done that? Most of you have all done it. You've all been saved before. And here we're given uh, the recipe for salvation. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart. There's that word believe. The same belief in that verse is the same belief that, that Jesus uses here. He says, if you'll believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be, not might, not kind of, not if you go to church and you're a good person, you will be saved will be saved. But he says there has to be this believing here. The same believing that he's talking about in Mark chapter 9. So the real word for believing in, in the Hebrew here, uh, I'm sorry, in the Greek is, is the word pisteo. And it just means to be personally and fully convinced of. And produce appropriate action. It's really what believing is. Because how many of y'all know, if, if he says anything's possible to us as believers, it'd be a good idea to find out, well, what in the world is a believer? And a believer here, he says, if you're personally uh, and totally convinced. Y'all know that's a little different than maybe. And personally means you can't get saved on your grandma's faith. Don't you wish you could? Don't you wish that grandma... But it can't be grandma's faith. He says you have to be personally 
convinced and persuaded. And he doesn't stop there. He says this belief system has some appropriate action with it. Because you really aren't a believer if you don't have this appropriate action with it. In fact, one verse, the Bible says that faith without works is dead. Or believing without action is just dead. How many of y'all... How many of y'all know that, that women, this is you, dear, women don't just want words. They want action. Don't tell me you love me, buy me some, at least once a year. I know you don't say that, but you understand. Look at my wife, she's all getting defensive. But the reality is, she's acting like she don't say that. But let Valentine's come and me not do nothing. Right, all the women in here are like, amen. Amen. Let a birthday come and go and there not be some action. I don't require that. Watch and see what happens. Y'all know what I'm saying. Oh, you said I didn't have to do that. Well, I didn't mean it. <laughs> that was just in church. Listen, the reality is we like the words, but there's got to be some corresponding action. And, and Jesus, he would get on to people and he'd say, your words are near me, but your heart is far from me. In other words, you're real good at talking it, but whenever it comes down to really believing it, you're not fully persuaded. You're not fully convinced. And it's not personal to you. You're trying to uh, acquire it off of somebody else's experience. But he says, salvation for you is a personal experience. God, I believe in my heart. My action is I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, Him crucified and risen. I want to be saved. I confess. And your actions line up with this heartfelt, personal conviction. The moment you do that, the Bible says you pass from death into life. That you're translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Delicious. So good. All that happens when believing in salvation is appropriated to personally. Now, back to salvation, because all of you are saved. Jesus uses the same word here, and He says, if you can believe, anything's possible. If you have a personal, fully persuaded conviction about something, and there's appropriate action there, then He says, anything is possible. And I know, even some of you sitting right now, you're thinking, yeah, but this, and yeah, but that. And I know I go through the same thing too, but the reality is the sun can stand still, and the water can stand on its edges, and the walls can come down, the axe head can float, and the bush can burn, and yet not be consumed. With God, anything is totally possible. The limits are on our believing. So I want to look in Mark chapter 9 because Jesus said this for a reason. And if you look at just a few verses before that, I don't have time to read all of it, but you could put it up there, uh, you know, 10 verses before that. The reason Jesus is speaking to a man here. And the man here has brought Jesus his son. And he says, Jesus, I brought my son to your disciples. Because he's got a a spirit in him, a demon, a mute spirit, he calls it. And he says, I brought him to your disciples so that they could cast this spirit out of him. But he says, they couldn't do it. 
And Jesus, he gets on to them very much like he did with the loaves and fishes. And he says, how long am I going to have to be with you before you realize I'll provide for you? Here, he says, how long am I going to have to be with you before you realize in my name demons have to flee? So he bring, he, said, he says, bring your son over here. Bring your son over here. And he said, he asked the daddy, he says, how, how long has this been going on with your son? And he says, since childhood, he's been doing this. And the spirit will seize him, throw him into the fire. I wonder what this kid looked like if a spirit would throw him into the fire. He couldn't have looked pretty. And then he says, he'll throw him into the water. And he says, the spirit seizes him to destroy him. How many of y'all know the devil don't play fair? He's not a good devil, and sometimes we think he's just a little pitchfork, but I'm telling you, he's here to steal, kill, and destroy, and if he, if he can do it with fire, he'll do it. If he can get you to hang yourself, he'll do it. If he, can, if he can throw you in water and drown you, he'll do it. He don't play fair, and he's not nice, but he is subject to the name of Jesus. He's subject. He has to bow. The Bible says resist, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So, so here we have uh, Jesus, he says, how long has this been going? He says, it's been going on since, since childhood. And now this is where we pick up the story uh, in, in Mark chapter 9, verse 22. I'll just start there. It says, often he's thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Can't you just see the dad here? And Jesus said to him, this is where our verse is. Jesus says, if you can believe. In other words, Jesus says, my power is limitless. And you're asking me if I can do anything. But he says, I just need to bring you to a place to where you're not just hoping or wishing. He says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Now watch the action of this man. Immediately, the father of the child cries out. In other words, he says, I don't care who's around. I don't care what anybody says. I'm sure there was a crowd gathered at this point. You know all the disciples were there. Everybody's standing around but this dad. He says, I don't care. He cries out and with tears, he says, Lord, I what? Boom. He just made an adjustment just that quick. He he saw it there. Jesus, Jesus has a way of opening our eyes. He just has a way of opening our eyes. I'm sure Jesus looked at him with eyes that said, I can do stinking anything. Can you believe? And that man saw something in him. And he said, yes, sir, I can. Boom, cries out, Lord, I believe. I love that. And the very next part, and this is where, where I want to look at this morning. He says, help my what? Help my unbelief. Jesus saw that the people came running together. He rebuked the unclean spirit and he said, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. The spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly and came out of him. He became as one dead so that many said, he's dead. (laughs) Love it. Jesus goes, takes him by the hand, lifts him up and he arose. Uh, This morning, I want to just try to help our unbelief. Because as a pastor, it would be a lie of me to say that I don't have unbelief. No, listen, if, if the disciples that are walking with Jesus couldn't deal with this guy, and Jesus says, how long am I going to have to be with you before you realize I'll provide for you? And that, and that through me, anything's possible. That, that all of us in here have areas or times of unbelief. 
So we want to look at how to undo or unravel that unbelief because anything's possible to us as believers. And last week at the end of the service, you know, I was challenging you to believe something. And at the close of the service, uh, many of you raised your hands for you want to believe for something. But I'm telling you that there'll be challenges or times whenever it seems like unbelief will come in like a wave. So we want to deal with this uh, unbelief so that we can have what God has for us. So I want to look at, 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 at I'll, I'll try to get to one other passage this morning, but, but I, want to know that, I want you to know that th- this book right here is very important to uh, combating uh, unbelief. This is not just a regular book, and this is not in my notes, and you won't have that over there on ProPresenter. But I want to look in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, before we look at one other passage of Scripture. So you can type that in and put it up there. Because Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, the number one way that you're going to combat unbelief is by getting acquainted with this. Spending time in this because this is how faith comes. When you're unbelieving, you read things like this and all of a sudden it's like, Lord, I believe. But whenever you get out of moments like this, then it's like, help my unbelief. And then you come back into the word of God and faith comes again and it's like, Lord, I believe. But then you go out of times like this and it's like, help my unbelief. So the idea is to stay in a place of faith so you aren't always having to hear Jesus say, how long must I be with thee? I've given you my word and my spirit and I've given you pastors that are amazing and I've given you these things to help your unbelief so that you'll be in an atmosphere where anything is possible. So Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 and then after this we'll we'll move on and look at some of these other examples and it just says this book of the law or this Bible That's what the book of the law is. This book of the law should not depart out of thy mouth. Everybody say mouth. My wife has been learning to sing, even though she just says she sings like a bird. But before she started singing here, uh, she'd never sang before anything. So she walks around the house and she goes, me, 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 me. I don't know what that means, but apparently those are musical exercises. That she's in there uh, getting toothpaste all over the mirror. It's like, why don't you wait till you get the toothbrush out of your mouth so we ain't got to Windex all that up. Just kidding. Love you. Me, 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 me. So she has to go through some mouth exercises so that whenever it's time for her to perform, she's ready. So many times the word of God, whenever we put it in our mouth, it just seems like an exercise. But when the diagnosis comes or the problem comes, that's not the time to be looking for the leak. It's good to just go ahead and, 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 and be ready when it comes, right? So she does these exercises even though she's a week away from singing. But here he says, this book or this Bible should not depart out of your mouth. But you should meditate in it when? Day and night. And you should observe to what? 
do. Not just here. He says, you should observe to do all that is written therein. Right? And he says, then he says, it will make thy way prosperous and you should have good what? Success. How is it that our success correlates with, with our ability to keep the word of God in our, in our mind, in our eyes, and in our heart? That's what he said. He says you have to keep it in the midst of your heart, in the midst of your eyes. Keep it before your eyes and out of your mouth. All three of those, he says, you need to meditate in it when? Day and night. Day and night. Why? Because if you're in it day and night, he says, and if you observe to do all that's written in it, he says, then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and thou shalt have good success. So in other words, back to how important this book is, is that whenever you get it, you keep it before your eyes, in your heart, you let it go into your mouth, you hook your speaker up to your believer, you're confessing and speaking the word of God. Then that atmosphere, where is it going again? Lord, I believe. Success, I believe, day and night. If it's just on Sunday, we're back to Monday. Help my unbelief. So, so, but the word of God is so vital to your unbelief. So if you're here and last week I said, how many of y'all are believing? How many of y'all are this? I mean, many of your hands went up. And yet I would, I would almost bet you that every one of you at some point within the last seven days, there was some unbelief. There's unbelief and it comes. No doubt it comes. But again, we have the remedy. He's given us the remedy for, for not just success. He actually calls it good success. Not normal success. He says, then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and thou shalt have good success through the word of God. Once again, I love y'all dearly. Uh, you know, I got like four pages of notes and I think I've made it one quarter of the way. I didn't even get to the woman with the issue of the blood. I actually had two other blind guys. Oh, can I just, oh, just, just let me just give you one. Just... Just want, I'm tired of holding these notes. Oh, I'll have to pick a short one. Because there's three things I want you to look at. I want you to look at the, the attitude. I told you this last week. We just still didn't get to it. The attitude of a believer. I mean, I know if, you, if, you, if you're a believer, you, you kind of, your, your lip starts to go up on one side. Right? You start to get this attitude of, I'm a believer. And people try to shake you off of that. But once you're fully personally persuaded, then nothing can shake you off of it anymore. Uh, I'm white. I'm, I'm a Caucasian. I'm personally persuaded of that. And if you tried to tell me I was Hispanic, you would have very little success. You would have point zero 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 one success of convincing me otherwise. I know my ethnicity. Now I got some soul. Somewhere back there, there is some soul. But I'm still, I know I'm Caucasian. And I'm a dude. There's no gender, gender identity here. I'm all boy. But if you tried to persuade me, you're a lady. No, I'm not. I'm fully 100% persuaded I'm a male Caucasian 36-year-old muscle machine. Just kidding. 
Some things you got to just say by faith. You just got to speak it. You just got to speak it out there. But I'm personally, I'm persuaded in that, right? Those are concrete truths that you can't talk me out of. And because of that, if you tried to talk me out of it, at some point I'd probably get mad. If you kept trying to tell me I was a lady, at some point it'd be like, dude, that's enough. You've crossed the line. Right, So there's an attitude there, and and these believers that we're going to look at next Sunday, we won't get to it today, you can see that they came to a place where they they had that attitude. and But they didn't just have the attitude, they had the actions. Right, The actions for this guy was, Lord, I believe. He just had to forgive about everything, and he had to to cross that bridge to to I'm believing. If you're going to get saved, you have to believe in your heart. You have to confess with your mouth. I'll give you just one, and and that's... uh, no, I won't do it. I feel like the Lord wants to shut it down. It's 1058 because I don't want to get into it and not be able to finish it. So I feel like we should just quit. We'll pick back up. I got two blind men, a bleeding lady, and uh, <laughs> there's 37 miracles in the New Testament that Jesus performed, and I'd love to go through all 37 of them because you'll see the same, the same thing happening in all 37. Same 37. He's bringing them to a place of believing, and then the door opens, And the miraculous, Jesus steps through. All power in heaven and earth is given unto me. God, don't you love him? So good. Uh, Let's pray together this morning.